everyone. I'm Randy Zuckerberg. Welcome to Crypto Cafe with Randy Zuckerberg, where we embrace newcomers and experts to crypto, NFTs, and Web3 alike. I have been hoping to get this guest on our podcast for a long time. Talk about experts in crypto and OG Web3. Meltem Demiors is the Chief Strategy Officer at CoinShares. She has been a recurring guest on my live SiriusXM show multiple times. Uh, I had her on the show years ago before like anyone knew uh, what crypto was. She was out there uh, d- talking about it, helping people understand it. And I'm just so delighted to have her on the show today. Meltem, thank you for joining. Hi, Randy. It's so great to be back. I first of all, I'm just I have so much respect for you. I feel like it took me possibly six years to catch up to you with with crypto enthusiasm. I'm still I'm still not nowhere caught up to you. Just it took me six years to like join the Meltem train. Uh, But I I really (laughs) I really appreciate how uh, how you've been out there evangelizing the crypto space and helping beginners understand it for such a long time. Well, thanks so much. And look, Randy, this is what's so great about crypto and how big it is now is there's so much surface area and I'm learning new things every day. There are still so many things that I myself don't quite understand or I'm just learning about. So I love how big the space has become, how many different niches and pockets there are. There really truly is something for just about everyone, regardless of what their interest might be in this exciting industry. It's always fun to be on with you, to listen to your show, and just to watch people go on their journey. I'm constantly inspired by what people do um, and what people decide to pursue once they start delving down the proverbial rabbit hole, as we like to call it. (laughs) Absolutely. Okay, so this is a virtual cafe today. What are you drinking? What's your beverage of choice in our crypto cafe? I am having an iced coffee with a pumpkin spice added to it. So yes. being basic and I'm loving it. <laughs> no, I, I are you kidding? You're talking to like the person who's in line on like August 12th now these days, like when they first put the pumpkin spice out next year, it's going to be June when they release it. I'm like in line day one. So yes, pumpkin spice <laughs> is a state of mind. It and is. I'm absolutely fine with what that says about me as a person. <laughs> I, I agree completely. Okay, so Maldon, take us a little bit on, on your journey the last few years. What was your first aha moment that got you really excited about the Web3 space? And, and where are you today? Yeah, so I started, um, as some of your listeners will know, I started my crypto career, if you will, in a time when Bitcoin was it. Ethereum didn't exist. A lot of the things we talk about today were not in the popular narrative yet. And the crypto community, i.e. the Bitcoin community, was really, really small. It was a lot of crazy people with crazy ideas about how the world might work, how money should work, um, that were really gathering. And there wasn't a lot of venture capital. There were no institutions. People weren't really paying attention to this thing called Bitcoin. Um, Then obviously, Ethereum came along, the idea of smart contracts, financial compute came along. And now in the year 2022, we're in such a different place. I really do feel like NFTs and the concept of Web3 generally have been able to capture a cultural zeitgeist. Obviously, with the COVID pandemic, we were all at home. Our lives became incredibly centered around digital communities, online communities. And so it's been just incredible to see not just the 
amount of capital, which I think a lot of people focus on the investment side and the asset class from a financial capital perspective. But for me, what's been amazing to watch is the creation of inc an incredible amount of social and cultural capital. If we look at, you know, we just had Fashion Week here in New York. It was all about NFTs, digital fashion, Web3. If we look at Art Basel, same thing. If we look at sports, right, uh, football season's kicking off. A lot of Web3 platforms doing fantasy football, uh, fan-controlled football leagues. So there's just been such an explosion of the crypto narrative starting to get embedded into the mainstream cultural narrative. And there's also this really exciting trend trend. Um, it used to be really institutions that were incredibly important in the world of all things tech and finance. And even three, four years ago in, in crypto, when we talked about it, when we talked about the growth of the industry, we talked a lot about this concept of institutional adoption or large financial services firms and corporates adopting this technology. And now we don't really talk about institutions so much anymore. They're certainly relevant and still important from an adoption perspective. But what we're really talking about is influencers. And there's been this incredible explosion of both Web3 influencers as well as more traditional Web2 influencers, the rise of a whole new category of people known as influencers or financial influencers. And so what I've loved seeing is just how much cultural capital this movement has been able to aggregate and consume and how that's really continuing to grow the interest in the space. Some of it might be skepticism. And I think the skepticism in a lot of cases is, is warranted. We we have some things to prove as an industry. And I think there are things we articulate that aren't necessarily being lived up to, aren't necessarily in production yet. But I do think um, once people get over the skepticism, there truly is something in the Web3 ecosystem, in the broader advent of digital creative economies that gets people excited. So it's been just great to see the level of enthusiasm and that enthusiasm, that influence coming from both individuals and communities has brought in some of that institutional legitimacy. So it's been fun to watch this movement grow, gather steam and gather cultural capital and now obviously starting to attract a lot of financial capital as well. Totally. Uh, before we get into every all the work that you're doing now, I, I'm just curious for for people who truly were so early like you, like is it do you have mixed feelings about all the new people coming to the space? Like is it both exciting to see the, you know, the foundation that you built growing, but also like I I was here first. Like I almost feel like it's um it's like being an oldest sibling. Like you're you're like excited to see what you, what the little brothers and sisters do, but you're also like I was here first doing this. Like I don't know what what is how does the OG community feel? I for my I can only speak for myself. I definitely think there is a backlash from some earlier crypto communities against some of these new trends. I think generally people are always fearful of of change. Right? It's <laughs> That's why Bitcoin was so exciting. Like you'll never have more fun than being the little guy trying to fight the big guy, right? And um, for me, I, that my approach has never been that way. There are a lot of new people to the space who bring a really different perspective. I don't always agree with them, but I'm really excited when I see new people show up and do things a really different way. That being said, you know there are certainly people who are here for different reasons. Some of those reasons are not my reasons. Um, a lot of people will show up, they will, you know, launch a project, 
raise a ton of money um, and then sort of leave or do things that are antithetical to some of their stated values. So I'm certainly skeptical of some of that behavior. But generally, when I see a lot of new people getting in, I get excited because each time that we can have one of these movements that grows the global sort of hive mind around crypto by a factor of 10 or 100x, that's really good. It's exciting. We need new ideas. We need new thoughts. We don't want to become too entrenched in our own views. And so I think that new, that fresh flood, that new enthusiasm, those different perspectives are really important to keeping this movement growing and moving and evolving and making sure that it reflects the hopes and desires and needs of the people who actually want to use this technology and engage and commit the time and energy needed to make it happen. So for me personally, I get excited I love to see it. Um, a lot of times I don't understand it. And sometimes it's because it doesn't make sense, but sometimes it's because I need to learn new things. So for me, it's been, it's been great. It's really exciting. And I do think the majority of people who, who come, they may come because they're enticed by the opportunity to make money, or maybe they're curious, um, but they end up staying for all of the right reasons, which is they're genuinely excited about the potential and what is possible. And they want to contribute to that in some way with their skill set, whatever that may be. And there's so many things that need to get done that there really is, in my view, room for pretty much everyone here. For sure. So talk to us now about coin shares and, and what does a typical day look like for you? Yeah. So CoinShares, we are an investment firm. We are one of the oldest investment firms in the digital currency space. We uh, operate in the asset management, trading, and broader financial services space. And we have a really wide range of clients that include corporations, financial institutions, and individuals. So someone might look at a firm like CoinShares. We're also publicly listed. So we're a little bit different in that anyone can go online, see our financial statements, um, which are audited, You know, can trade in our, our stock. And so um, for us, what's really exciting is what we're doing is we're taking a business model that's well understood and has existed for quite a long time, which is the business model of financial services firm. And we're reconceptualizing it using this exciting new technology. In my role as chief strategy officer, I have the most fun job, I think, but don't tell the rest of my team that. Um, I think I have the most fun job because my role really is figuring out what are the key themes and trends over the next three to five years that are going to impact our business? How do we invest in those themes and trends in a meaningful way, either with our balance sheet or with our human capital and social capital? And then how do we figure out what new businesses and services we want to build that allow us to use all of these amazing innovations in ways that create value for our end clients? And so a lot of it is really figuring out, like in the early days, Bitcoin really inaccessible to investors. So what did we do? We put a traditional product wrapper around a new asset, Bitcoin, to make it really easy for people to access via their existing brokerage accounts. It doesn't sound sexy. It doesn't sound super exciting. It's actually incredibly complicated from a regulatory perspective, from a product development perspective, from an infrastructure perspective. But once you do that, it starts to make it much easier for people who maybe don't have the time or don't feel like they have the capability to manage their own crypto to add it to their portfolio. And so it's really doing these incremental things that help us bridge the gap and make it easier for people of all types to engage with. We now have a consumer DeFi offering, right? There are all these different ways that we can take these themes and trends and make them more accessible, easier for people to use, and to also do it under the structure of a public company where people have certainty around 
our financial health. We're going to be around for a long time. We've been around for eight years. We'll hopefully be around for another 80. Um, So again, where I operate is kind of this uncanny valley between all of the craziness that is coming, but still operating within sort of this known and understood business model, but trying to evolve it so that it becomes more modern, more digitized, and can serve the needs of a broader audience of of potential users of these services. Mm. I, I think that's it's so exciting and so needed. Uh, you mentioned when you got into the space, Bitcoin was it. Um, what What's dominating the conversation these days? What are your clients uh, most interested in investing in or what are people talking about? Yeah, so I think people continue to be really interested in cryptocurrencies themselves. Obviously, a huge theme. Um, Bitcoin is an asset that people want to hold long term in their portfolios. I think Ethereum has also achieved a lot of institutional adoption. It's an asset that people want to hold in their portfolios. There are also a number of new blockchain protocols, whether it's Solana or others that people are excited about and want to have in their portfolios. So this idea of investing in cryptocurrencies uh, continues to be a pervasive theme. Now, some people have more adventurous (laughs) sort of (laughs) investment tastes. They're willing to go further out on the risk spectrum. And so there are also newer products being built um, that utilize some of these DeFi primitives or these new financial technology building blocks that we can give them exposure to, whether that's to generate yield or interest income, similar to the way someone might purchase corporate bonds or munis. Um, however, not yet with the tax benefits on the munis side, but hopefully <laughs> we'll, we'll figure that out in the next decade or so. Uh, then the second area people are really excited about is obviously there's a lot of new infrastructure getting built to support this new digital economy that's imbued with financial capital in the form of tokens and NFTs and digital currencies. And so a lot of investors are really interested in it getting exposure to that infrastructure, those companies. Many of them are still private, but slowly more and more companies like us, Coinbase and others are going to public markets where they do become more accessible to investing for invest uh, for the broader market. But I think there's still a lot of interest in private markets. So continuing to operate in that space. And then the area that I'm really interested in that I think is super exciting is how do we actually start to connect some of these protocols and new computational primitives that are being built that have this ability to engage in financial transactions and in financial computation embedded into them. How do we actually start to marry that with existing industries like the energy industry, the telecommunications industry, the media industry, and new and innovative ways that either create new asset classes or make markets more accessible, more dynamic, more liquid. Um, And so that sort of encompasses what we focus on. At the end of the day, you know, investment is becoming a very broad umbrella. Alternatives as an asset class continue to grow. Allocation to private markets versus public markets continues to grow. And I think in the current environment, investors are just looking for different ways to access these different themes and trends in a way that feels safe and familiar um, while also being on that frontier. For sure. Uh, if you if you heard a, a brief delay in me jumping in, it's because I'm every time I 
chat with you, I, ha- I write down like 18 vocabulary words that I want to go look up after our conversation. But uh, I, it's, it's, I always learn so much talking to you. What I'm curious how you stay on top of everything that's going on in the industry. Like, are you on Twitter and Discord all the time? Are there specific people that you're following? Like, where does Genius Meltem get her information? <laughs> you are too kind. I would say I'm, you know, in crypto, we have this meme of the bell curve where you're either on the left side of the bell curve, meaning low IQ or the right side of the bell curve, which is galaxy brain, but you just don't want to be in the middle. So I try to not be in the middle. Some days I'm on the extremely left side of the curve and some days maybe I'm approaching the right. We will never know. Um, I would say one of the things that makes this industry so interesting is relationships really are everything. And there's so much connectivity between people and projects in the space. So for me, having been in this industry professionally for the last eight years, I've invested in over 400 companies now across two different firms, a number of different vehicles, as well as my own angel investing portfolio. Uh, My relationships with founders and people building in the space and other investors in the space is primarily how I learn. Twitter is an amazing conduit for learning in general because there's incredible information, incredible research getting published for free that is incredible quality, much better than something you might get from, um, you know, a a investment advisor, someone you pay to provide you with that insight. So I think Twitter has been an incredible source of high quality information, high signal information that you can act on as an investor. And then the last element of crypto, and this is going to sound a little bit antithetical to this idea of a digital currency oriented around online communities, uh, I think physical in-person events are really important. So I've hosted a lot of meetups, gone to a lot of meetups, events, conferences, gatherings. Um, Those have been an amazing source of developing relationships, but also meeting new people. And there's so many in every city as well that anyone can attend. So I would say for me, those are my primary sources. And I just am a very curious person. I love meeting people. I love talking to people. I love listening to people. So just getting out there and meeting new people, um, engaging with their content on Twitter has been a really productive exercise. But then really investing in those relationships and maintaining a strong network has also been a huge advantage for me over the years. For sure. I'm speaking with Meltem Demurors, Chief Strategy Officer of Coin Shares, and I, I think for sure one of the most knowledgeable, passionate, uh, and interesting people in the Web3 space. Delighted to be speaking with her. Meltem, what's in your wallet? Uh, like if we if we had to make uh, like some if we had to get to know you, just what's in your wallet? Like talk us talk me through some of the highlights of NFT projects or what you're holding. Yeah, absolutely. So my wallet <laughs> is pretty pretty basic. Um, I still have a fairly sizable portion of my crypto exposure in Bitcoin, Ethereum, and other layer one protocols that I think have the potential to really be that core consensus layer and settlement layer for these new things people are building. So for me, I would say 40 to 50% of my portfolio at any given time is that. I do have a lot of venture exposure to new and emerging protocols. Uh, So there are a lot of different projects I'm investing in that I'm excited about that typically have a token or have the ability to insert a token into their business model at a point where that makes sense. 
privates. Uh, so a lot of venture investments in my portfolio as well. And then on the NFT side, I am an avid NFT collector. I am a little bit strange in my preferences when it comes to <laughs> NFTs. I tend to like community-driven projects that are not about utility or roadmaps, but rather about vibes. <laughs> and so I have an Ether Rock, which I'm very proud of, one of the first NFT projects ever. And recently I've been spending a lot of time on Crypto Dick Butts, which are a funny little pixelated uh, cartoon PFP project. And, uh, you know, both of those projects are sort of leaderless communities. There's no central entity. It's just a bunch of people on the internet who like laughing at funny things, which I think memes are sometimes some of the best investments as we've seen with meme stocks and meme coins. Um, and so crypto dick butts for me right now are my favorite NFT project for sure. I, I love that we can go from talking about like these really complex protocols and how you're like taking Bitcoin and, and making it something that's like all, going through all these hoops and hurdles. And then we're like also talking about crypto dick butts within the same like few minutes. I think that's why you have to like love this space and laugh at, at it a, a little bit and uh, realize that we're so at the beginning. What are some of the things you love? most about Web3 right now and some of the stuff that you like wish you could uh, wave a magic wand and change? Yeah, I think what's really exciting about Web3 right now is really the tooling that is getting built around um, how we engage digitally and online. So there are a lot of really interesting projects that are looking at identity and how we represent different identity-related data in Web3 across different protocols. So an example here might be a project like disco.xyz that is effectively helping you build what you might call a data backpacked. So as you journey throughout Web3, you can leave different credentials, uh, verifiable credentials in different places, but also withdraw them. Um, RSS3 is another similar project. They're enabling data and metadata to be represented across different chains. Um, there's also a lot of really cool projects that are being worked on to help assign um, identities to data elements so that they're queryable in new ways. If we think about, you know, the fact that our world functions on data, but we don't really have effective ways on a, on a global basis to organize, manage, store, um, and share data in a decentralized manner that's not dependent on like a, a GitHub or an AWS or backend infrastructure provider that can censor you or cut off your access as we've seen, for example, in the case of like Iranian developers using GitHub, if you're domiciled in Iran, even if your GitHub is completely unrelated to any sort of political matter, right, your, your IP address will be blocked because it's a sanctioned country. So there's a lot of important work that I think needs to be done to make Web3 censorship resistant, um, immutable, and truly decentralized from an infrastructure perspective. Identity is a key component. And I think data is the most valuable asset that countries, nation states, individuals have. So new ways for thinking about how we treat that data as an asset um, is really interesting. I also think that just the broader shift away from centralized service providers towards storing data, storing information, um, enabling data query, API requests via these decentralized networks is really interesting. 
that's long been something that's talked about in the Web2 space or has created challenges in the Web2 space, particularly as we see Western democracies move more towards a pro-internet censorship model. And I think that trend will only continue to accelerate. So that for me is very exciting about the Web3 space. What's less exciting to me, there's a lot of talk about the creator economy and empowering creators. There's a lot of talk around metaverses like I do think it's it's coming. I do think there will be highly rendered, highly realistic, immersive digital experiences that we will step into. I think our ability to deliver those experiences is not dependent on some of the digital infrastructure. It's actually constrained by physical infrastructure and limitations in computation and connectivity. And so I do think some of those narratives are a bit unrealistic. I also cannot understand how buying an NFT is going to help me get to a metaverse eventually. (laughs) Um, I think there's a little bit of a disconnect sometimes between what these large NFT communities who sell, you know, a couple hundred million dollars of NFTs to their community, then keep trying to sell them more NFTs and then raise a bunch of venture capital for that. I don't really understand how that's any different from monetizing your community in the way that existing Web2 platforms do. But again, I have been wrong about many things. I will continue to be wrong about many things, but it's just not an area I'm spending a lot of time on because I don't really understand or see the mechanics of how something like that will will work. So for now, I think my focus area and what I continue to understand and spend time on and think has long-term potential is really those underlying capabilities that make Web3 possible at scale. I think we're still a long ways away from that um, in the same way that, you know, we started with Bitcoin 13 years ago and we're still continuing on that journey that was started so long ago. Uh, But I do think, you know, each successive wave of innovation gets us closer and closer to actually being able to deliver on some of these ideas and some of these very compelling visions for the future that people have. Absolutely. Meltem, I could speak with you forever. Um, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining me. Where can we all go to keep up with you and and be inspired not just by your brilliance on crypto and Web3, but also uh, your fashion taste and your art and decorating that inspires <laughs> me online? Uh, where Where can we keep up? Yeah. So (laughs) I like to have fun on the internet. I think at the end of the day, all of this is, you know, about us living our lives in the best, most authentic way possible. So I share a lot on Twitter um, at melt underscore dem. My DMs are open if anyone would like to reach out. Um, I do post a lot of memes. I'm a big fan of the memes. I think they're incredible (laughs) communication medium. So if you follow me, don't get frustrated by the memes. I promise in between the memes, there's good data-driven research and insights. And then um, coinshares.com, we publish a lot of research there and people can learn more about our firm there as well. Thank you so much, Meltem. Always a pleasure to chat with you and uh, always so grateful for your time in this space. Thanks so much, Randy. It's great to be with you today. Thank you. Meltem is the Chief Strategy Officer at CoinShares. Uh, she, I have been having her on my show for years now and uh, so much of what I have learned about Web3 and, and researched and discovered has been through conversations with Meltem. So it's really an honor to have her on the show. Tune in next week for an all new episode of Crypto Cafe with Randy Zuckerberg.